Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. I got a whole lot of questions for you. This kid's gonna test my will. I got a lot to learn and my baby's too. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Ivy Joeva and Alexi Gilmore, and our two guests today, the Zen Mamas, part two, Sarah Wright Olson and Teresa Palmer. How, was, uh, how did pregnancy feel for you, Teresa, your first one? Oh, I was just obsessed with it. I loved it so much. I've been prepping to be a mom for a very long time. In what way? You have to believe me. <laughs> like when that, during that dark period that my only saving grace was reading baby books. Oh, really? Like from the age of 17. And so all I, I've like read every baby book under the sun just because during that period, it's all I would do because I've always wanted to be a mom. So when I finally got pregnant, I was extremely excited about it. Did you guys work during your pregnancy? Did you act? Yeah, I've, I Both shot films right up until I was eight months pregnant. Were your characters pregnant? No, I played like a homicidal, crazy, like maniac when I was eight months pregnant. I mean, it was horrendous. Um, and she was not pregnant. They had to try and hide it and they did a very bad job of it. Because you watch it and you're like, she's straight up pregnant. Like, wh- why don't we talk about this in the movie? What is that yeah. movie? <laughs> it's called Kill Me Three Times with Simon Pegg. Like, oh, I'm like a psychopath in oh the film. God. And I had to go home and talk to the belly at night time. Like, well, that's-, that's not really mommy. Oh. <laughs> I was nine months pregnant. I came and worked with Teresa on a movie. Yes, I was like, due to give birth. You had him like... Oh, I swear to God, a week and a half later. Totally. Was that character pregnant? Yes. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. you, uh, you, you make big babies. There, yeah, there was no hiding my pregnancy. It's crazy. With my pregnancy with Wyatt, I worked so much through like very yeah. random things um, throughout my pregnancy and hit it up. Well, I could only really hide it until four months. And then I had a little lull. And then I did <laughs> this movie with Teresa. But, you know, this pregnancy, I definitely took some time yeah, off because too. of personal things that happened this year the uh the media seems to love bumps god tell me about it and uh (laughs) i have patients that come to my office nobody cares about them at all you know for three or four years uh three months pregnant and it's an obsessive crowd of uh of media stream um not everybody feels 
amazing, right? During pregnancy, you look different, you're growing. What is it like to have additional media scrutiny while you're pregnant? You know, I think it's like, it's not just that. And it's something that I'm really working on right now is um, scrutiny from everyone. I think you have to be really careful and to to comment on a person's body and you know it's it's interesting because it's a lot of men i've noticed that will shout out something like whoa are you carrying twins and they think it's so funny and then it's like you know the more you hear it it's like each one of them thinks that they're the first one that's ever said it to you right it's like oh my god are you due today whoa what's in there you know just like the the comments are endless but there are days when I think I'll hear it 10 times. And this this pregnancy is the first time that I was ever like, okay, enough. Like, I'm done. I don't want to hear this anymore. Like, this is, and why do you feel like it's okay to come and touch my belly? Why do you think it's okay to, like, tell me how huge I look? Like, it's not nice. I don't, uh, societally, I don't understand it. I mean, usually I you give people some space and there, there are boundaries in general. You would think that during pregnancy, hey, give her a little more space and have even more boundaries. But it just seems like an invitation to just speak your mind no, and touch your belly. It is. And it's, I mean, literally, some of the people look so shocked when they see me. And that's fine. Like, I get it. I grow big babies. I carry on the outside. My belly is quite large. And I'm tall. And so it looks like, a you know, this big bump on a tall woman. It looks fake, Sarah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just looking at you now. That's okay. I don't mind that. But I was walking through this this restaurant and this guy stands up and he looks like a deer in the headlights. And he literally, I had just come from an appointment with you and I felt so good. This was last week. I was just like, oh, it's the best I'd felt in weeks. And I was so relaxed. And I was just like daydreaming about the birth and all this stuff. I was just going to pick up food for Wyatt. And this guy stands up and he's startled. And he looks at me and he goes, you look so uncomfortable. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, really? I was like, I feel so good right now. Yeah. Oh. And then I walked into the restaurant, sat down to grab the food. And the guy that manages the place walks by and he goes, we're going to have to call a nurse today. Oh, oh God. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. And I went out to our social media for years and mama and was like okay tell me all the stuff that people have said to you like this is what i'm hearing tell me what's being said there's almost 300 comments on there women being like thank you this is what i hear every day and it's it's crazy to me that people think it's okay my wife was so upset a couple of times you know she's in great shape she looks great and then she carries really out like you do same thing it looks fake i mean i'm looking at you right now with with the way the table is you don't look (laughs) pregnant and if you stand up it is almost shocking because you don't look pregnant if you look pregnant everywhere, then that would go with it. It's just the contrast. So yeah. I could see on the one hand how people are just like, whoa, totally. you know, but totally. it's also like have a filter. And um, for her, I just remember one time, one time we were dropping our, our two-year-old off at, at preschool and, and she was almost due. And someone said, wow, you look huge. And she's like, you look kind of huge yourself. And she wasn't pregnant. <laughs> And, and the woman got upset at her. She's like, you can't talk about it like that. I'm not, you know, I'm not pregnant. And she's like, well, why does it make it better that I'm pregnant? It's, yeah, it's something so that needs true. to change. We yeah. need to. 
And it's something you shouldn't even assume that someone is pregnant. I mean, I am always like, I do not say anything, even if I'm positive. Because one time I worked at this uh, retail store in New York years and years ago. And this woman came in and she did look pregnant. And I just was like, didn't say anything. She was shopping. You could tell she was feeling down about her body. And she's like, oh, nothing really fits. And and so finally, the man, my manager came over and she was like, oh, well, when are you due? And she goes, I gave birth three weeks ago. Oh, that's the worst. And it was terrible. And I was just thinking like, when you're saying that, it's like, yeah, it's it's even more terrible after you give birth and you, you know, you still have your body is adjusting and, you know, has been stretched out and all these things. So, yeah, I think we all have to be super sensitive mm-hmm. about just... That's a great point in general. In general, And yeah. then I can only imagine magnified with uh, media following you around. Well, the That's positive the side is the, is the people coming up to you. I mean, the positive side is women being like, my god you're glowing when's mm. your due yeah. date you know it's like that's, that's part nice. of it you feel like oh they're embracing like they're so yeah. like that's a comment like comments like that i get all all the time too which are fantastic and it's so fun to hear that it's like the negativity is just yeah, after the, the hundredth day, day i was at play group with Bodhi on and um i knew that there were paparazzi there because they usually follow me from my house and I was like, oh, this sucks because I'm now the one bringing cameras to a playgroup with my friends and their children. And so I was like, felt this big burden. So I was like, I'm just going to leave a bit early. So I left and they're taking our picture and Bodhi's asked me about them. And um, and then the guy like stops me, one of the paparazzi, and he was like, oh, you know, like – I live on your street. Like that's why I'm always following you. And I'm like, oh, cool. And he's like, you went to Cafe Gratitude this morning. You go four times a week. Blah, blah. And, he, and I was like, okay. He's like, oh, just so you know, the reason why there's been more of us lately is because you're pregnant and <laughs> the photos um, are worth more money because more money. you have a pregnancy bump oh now. So more people pick up the pictures that they get paid more money. Mm-hmm. So then – like actors and you know actresses get photographed more when they're pregnant. Yeah, I remember during your first pregnancy, I walked, I was walking yeah. with you one time, and there was this big paparazzi stream, and I felt so bad that you got caught in my media stream. Thanks, Doctor B. Although I saw some of the pictures the next day, and you look amazing, and I just look like me. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike: Doctor Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. Uh, Let's talk about childbirth. How did you get ready 
for the first birth. Uh, you were both excited about it. So excited. You went first, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I was there. You were there. <laughs> was that her birth? Yeah, we went to each other's birth. Yeah. Oh, you went. You, she was oh, at you, mine too. Oh, I didn't know yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you went to each other's births. Um, had you been to a birth before? Teresa? No. That was your first. Okay. <laughs> good. First. That was good my first. And yeah. I was pregnant at the birth. You were pregnant. And <laughs> so I, I was like, I'm about to do this. Oh, cool. So in the end, you switched. You went with a midwife and had a home birth. I did. And um, how'd that go? Um, it was amazing. It was so bananas. Um, <laughs> I think preparing for it was... It's interesting, like there's the book, um, Anime's Guide to Childbirth is something that we've talked about a lot, but that book, for me, hearing other women's stories, um, because they're so different, I mean, anything that I could find online, but I loved reading these stories from like the 70s, the Mm -hmm. 80s, the 90s, it was just so cool to watch this sort of history of birth and and sort of... um, you know, feel a part of it in some way, like, you know, oh, I'm going to be doing this and, you know, oh, maybe it's going to be this way, maybe it's going to be that way, you know, and some some of them sound, you know, really, really wonderful magical. and magical. And I was like, well, it's probably not going to be that way, <laughs> you know, but, you know, but most of it, it was just, I don't know, it was so cool for me to, to read it and daydream, what is this going to be? And I tried a lot of stuff. I mean, I was like, you know, I, I was reading all about hypnobirthing and I sort of did like a, like a, not, not a full on class, but I like got, you know, I talked to somebody and then I was like listening to a CD. And then once I was actually in labor, cause I didn't commit to it, listening to it just made me crazy. I was like, we need to turn that off. Like that's not working <laughs> yeah. for me. Um, cause I did not put the time in beforehand, but, um, but you know, preparing for it was just like reading as much as possible, talking to my baby, and um, something really cool that, you know, maybe it was coincidental, but I feel like it wasn't, I feel like it was on purpose, was that I was due to give birth on, I mean, my due date was that coming Saturday. And my husband found out that he was going to be off for the weekend and it was a Wednesday. And so that night I was like, okay. If you can come <laughs> this weekend, daddy will be off and we can spend three days together, right? And that would be so cool to like have the birth and not to worry about work. And the next morning I woke up and I was having contractions and I was having them all day, but they were very light and mild. And then by midnight that night, I had full on contractions and ended up having him the next evening. At Friday. Like, yeah, Friday, Friday at like 7.45. And you had a bunch of people. I had a bunch of people, yeah. Who was on your crew? <laughs> <laughs> I had my husband, who was so amazing through the whole thing. <laughs> amazing. Um, I had Paula Markel. Your doula? My, was my doula. And I had my lovely Zen Mama partner here, Teresa, who was taking pictures. It's funny. We called Teresa, I mean, pretty much at midnight. And I was like, look, it, you know, I don't I don't think I talked to you. Eric talked to you. But it Eric, was like, it's... Yeah started but you know take your time we got a long way to go and like she was there for like 30 minutes (laughs) she was there for the whole ride she was like the uh the paparazzi i live on your block (laughs) (laughs) and And my midwife was there and um and casey came casey came like 
the next oh, day. Yeah. Like hours like before. Like four or something. Yeah. yeah. She came at like four and I had the baby at 7.45. So she was working that day and then she came by later. She came for the finale. Mm. <laughs> I basically like. Yes. Good move. I knew the she was there act. fanning me at some point, but I was very. You were out of it. Yeah. You are out of it. She went to another there. place. It was mm-hmm. amazing to watch. Oh. Uh, Sarah, go into another place. Yes. Transform. You got out of your head. World. So you, you, you had Wyatt. He was uh, how big? He was nine pounds eight ounces. Wow. Yeah, healthy big, boy. Healthy boy. Um, when I was nine centimeters, um, what worked best for me was being in the water. I dilated from four to nine in like four hours, and it was just. It was this thing that my husband was doing where he was holding my head above the water and taking my body and he was like swaying it from one side to the other side and it was just going back and forth and he was in a squat position, no joke, for four hours straight mm-hmm. and it was crazy. Every time he needed to like stand up, I just oh, latch on his arm so tight and I do not move because <laughs> this is the only thing that feels so good, you know? And and I remember there was one point where I it was the I was very very quiet throughout the whole birth, but there was one moment when I said, "Oh no!" Like I just felt this big one coming on, and I was like, "Oh no!" And and Apollo was like, "No, Sarah, say yes, say <laughs> yes yeah. to the contraction. You know, make it bigger and stronger and." And then I was like, yes, you know, and so like started incorporating this yes word into what was happening. And then that's when things really started to get, you know, moved along. But I had to get out of the water. My water hadn't broke yet. And, and my midwife broke my water at nine centimeters. And so the baby came down against the cervix in a weird way and the cervix started swelling. And so... That's when I felt the urge to push, but I had to push for like four hours of her massaging the cervix to help get the head passed and everything. So that was a journey. A little uh, hiccup at the end. A little hiccup, yeah. A little stickiness. No, what about, because I saw Teresa soon after that, and <laughs> no, I saw I saw Teresa and then I saw Casey. <laughs> I'm not sure. Casey, Casey was like PTSD. And then Teresa, I was, I was, you both were. I like, went home and cried to my husband. Oh, I yeah. said, I can't do this. I can't do what she just did. <laughs> it was yeah. amazing. Because she was just this like lioness. I was watching her and the way she just handled everything and the waves that were coming and she just went to this beautiful place. And I remember just saying to my husband, I'm not strong enough. I can't oh. do what she just did. <laughs> um, and I bawled my eyes out that whole weekend. <laughs> Casey, it, was, it was such a glorious thing to witness. Casey wasn't pregnant. But became pregnant so yeah. soon after. She came soon after, but she I think she had doubts about ever having children. After That's what she was she saying did. to me. She, she was, was like, really I'm affected never. by that. Yeah. She's like, I'm never going to yeah. do that. And cut then, to yeah, like a few months later she's like and i'm pregnant you can't be the one so what happened um then you did have uh, a baby soon after I that did. yeah six months later so i had a few weeks to move through my own fear surrounding birth um and then i had the same midwife uh, mm. as sarah and you know i had tried to manifest the birth I wanted. It was going to be eight hours. I knew the day he was going to come. Um, and then everything went the complete opposite to how I envisioned it. I was like, wait a second. 
what my water broke like i was 38 weeks my water broke um what we during you hanky panky oh you oh during hanky panky it was hanky panky made it happen and but i was not, like not, not trying to make it happen no just trying my to. husband was like yeah and i'm like no that's, <laughs> that's my water breaking <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> he's like i'm good he's, he's like oh I'm, yeah patting himself on the back <laughs> i was like no honey no um but yeah it was so strange because i had read all these books obviously i had gone to my hypnobirthing classes and read all the anime gaskin books and so i expect just to go straight into labor and then i just never went into labor on my own and i remember going in to see my midwife and she's like well the clock's against you now because mm-hmm. your water has broken you need to get this moving um and so i had to have an acupuncturist come in and do acupuncture and that didn't work and then i what did work was i drunk castor oil oh really yeah i do the whole cocktail like with the orange juice and and vodka vodka. yeah i did um no there's no alcohol in it but i just swigged it and then like immediately it was like i'm gonna Mm. be in the toilet for a little while Mm. um and then straight away but my contractions just started straight away and then right after you drank the castor oil Within half an hour. Within half an hour. I was like, wow, that really does work. Yeah. Uh, and then I really enjoyed my labor. I labored at home for a really long time. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't get in the birthing pool when I wanted to because my water already br- had already uh, broken right. so early. And so I was able to get in the water later on when I was like nine centimeters. You dilated. didn't have a whole team of people in there. I, I did. You did. I had oh, Sarah, Sarah was, there. was taking taking pictures and just being an amazing support i had my husband i had a doula and the midwife okay uh so So just missing a a few people uh, i was just missing an extra friend a lighter crew um but it was real. i found some positions that i loved like sarah always says how funny it is that I found this one position in the shower on the birthing ball, like with the <laughs> hot water coming down. And she was like, you were like orgasmic. <laughs> she was, it was so amazing. Cause she kept running her hands through her head. She was like, oh, this feels so good. You know, <laughs> Mark, her husband and I were just like cracking oh my up God. together. It was the we best feeling like, ever. We, she was so beautiful. Oh, it was so good. But then... <laughs> things like again went very differently to how i thought and then by 10 centimeters dilated my midwife was really worried about the time Mm because he had been out of the water now i think we were going on 34 hours like it was a really long time 34 hours since your water broke yeah can you just because some people might not know what that means well once your, your water protects your amniotic sac protects the baby from bacteria Okay, once the sac breaks, now there's a portal of entry for bacteria to get in, and time is against you. The longer you wait, the more likely you'll get an infection. Plus, it's not really water. It's like if I was a bacteria, I would want amniotic fluid as my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's got all the nutrients. Um, It's warm. It's static. It's a great medium for growing bacteria. So that's the concern. I see sometimes in the hospital to buy you more time if you want to go this route, some of the uh, practitioners will give you IV antibiotics. So you can sort of minimize the risk of infection and keep going, but then you have the downside of the IV antibiotics. Yeah, so it's, it's a and tough. I was at the home, I was at the house, and then my contractions just stopped at ten cent. I could feel his oh. head, and I had zero contractions. Really? For 
almost an hour, I'm like waiting for a contraction, but his head's right there. So I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Sarah, I was trying to push on my own without a contraction. Mm-hmm. And then Davey was like, look, the combination of having no contractions and also he's been out of the water for so long, I think we should transfer. And we can see his head. Yeah, we can That's see crazy. his head. I was like, I'll just push it out. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. like, no, this isn't going to happen. Was there no no thought of a second swig of castor oil at that point? or too uh, We had an acupuncturist come in and that didn't work. And then finally we're like, all right, let's just get she in the car. no to the castor oil. Yeah, again. she did. Yeah. Right. I have, I don't remember. But then I got to the hospital and then I had this fever. And so. That's what they're worried about. Yeah, so. that's what they're worried about. And then they were nervous that there was something um, that was going to be wrong with the baby because I now had a fever. They didn't want it to transfer onto him. So when I, I gave birth, I pushed him out and about. 30 minutes they what gave the me um, did they give you pitocin three yeah they gave me th- they three say units. three drop yeah three units of pitocin mm, it wasn't a lot but it was enough to kick start some labor contractions i felt like the pushing stage went quite quickly it was 30 minutes and then but immediately he was taken like they cut the cord mm. uh he was on me for maybe a minute and then they took him off and took him to the side and checked him out and he was fine and it's because of the fever. It I mean, the, the fever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, team was standing right at the door waiting for the baby to come out because, yeah. and they were just going to put him on the panda. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The little, yeah. The warming, warming tray. Yeah, the warming tray. Um, like although you have your own warming tray. True. But you were happy with your hospital experience. I loved, I have to say, I loved everything about my birth. And for me, the greatest gift was that um, it just set me up for motherhood. I mean, not having expectations mm. and just being present and in the moment and allowing whatever happens to happen. It was, for me, I was like, oh, that's the reason why my birth went this way because I just got this beautiful lesson. Oh, that's beautiful. Because yeah. also you, I have to say, like, as soon as I got there to your house, I remembered seeing something that just made me laugh so much because it's so Teresa. She's so organized and together about stuff. I mean, well, you are like... <laughs> with some things. <laughs> you, you like to put out there, like, so there was a big orange poster board on the wall. and it, mark, like the dot Yeah, and it had everything that needed to, like be done during labor to help her during labor right and so it was things like, that i could look at in case yeah. i needed and my check to, like, in what is it you know what 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 can i do to help myself through this yeah it was like crushed eyes yeah i love that though you see that usually at a home birth and it's beautiful to just see my husband i would like kept trying to take pictures of it and get them in the background you know doing the items on there yeah it was just like such a cool thing but me he literally referred to it he's like the ice cubes all right i have to get the wet flannel <laughs> ah, i gotta get that thing but yeah that's how i am like i love that and it's I, funny because I, really I feel like sarah and i had really different experiences because i she went to this like other cosmic space and i was i felt like i was so in my body but i was like here comes the contraction how many centimeters am i dialing at this point <laughs> okay right there's another one coming. Like, I was so... So you were, like, straddling, like, in your neocortex, the rational part of your yeah. brain that's thinking about things, like, but also jumping back to your limbic system where you just let your body do her thing. Yeah, like, I was definitely straddling the line. I do. I wasn't just, like, let go, no, let it happen. Do you want to let go this time? Or do you like that? Yeah, I think so. Gosh, it's going to be really hard because of my personality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you're I more zen like now. I would like to try and let go a little more um sarah's not gonna be there sarah's not she no, might, might now she might, she might now. be there 
I might have to birth in America this oh, second be time around. Terrible. Oh god. I would um, be what a very drag. excited to be there. I know. <laughs> that would be amazing. I think um, I think yeah. I don't know what the pros and cons are both, but you said something that's really important in general for people planning a birth. And Ivy, as a childbirth educator, I think also, you know, there's two two points I want to make here. Number one, the medical community has medicalized childbirth so much mm-hmm. that they've taken what should be incredibly good things, inherently good things like epidural, like cesarean, um, like forceps, any of those interventions should inherently be amazing because somebody who needs a cesarean and has access to a cesarean, there's nothing greater than that. To be able to safely get that baby out in three or four minutes time, uh, whatever it is, it's just, it's life-saving. But when you overuse it, um, it all of a sudden starts to do more harm than good. and that, you know, so that's part A. There's so much pushback against those things. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the hospital birth. That's where you feel safe and comfortable and, and supported. Go have a hospital birth, you know. But um, there's a lot of pushback against hospital birth because their cesarean rates are so high because right. they over medicalize. But you had a great hospital experience. And the other part yeah, of it is the it. birth plan. Everybody's like all about the birth plan. And there's this rigid, I got to do this and I can't do that. I'm going to do that. But I think over time, what's evolved for me watching so many women give birth and is that um is that it's really a flow chart mm-hmm. it can't be a rigid plan it's a flow chart you start with the most natural birth you can envision yourself having or that you want to have you know for some people it's out in in a in a horse trough with a mud, mud puppy hey everyone it's dr berlin and i want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart literally Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite... It has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. For other people, it's at home with a midwife or at the hospital with a midwife with drugs, without drugs. Maybe it's an elective cesarean, which I also support. If somebody wants to, does the research and says, my comfort zone is elective cesarean. It's your body, your baby. I support you. I'm behind you. But um, you start with the most natural one you want, and then it's a flow chart. If I have to do this, I'm going to do this. Or if I have to make a choice, this is a choice I'd like to make. And every flow chart, every birth flow chart ends in cesarean it has to because sometimes you'll need to go down there Mm -hmm. and if you do then you didn't fail your birth plan didn't fail your birth plan was to have your baby at home but you didn't have it at home but you didn't fail because your plan always was if i needed to go to the hospital i'm gonna go and you still continue to have a strong empowered supportive birth i feel empowered by that experience and it's funny that sarah and i both now with our second babies decided to have hospital hospital births tell me about it just because you like you want to write the zagat guide to different places to have a (laughs) baby or you got it Yeah, you know, for me, I have big babies, and um, my son did get stuck, and there was, like, a moment of scariness for um, 
not so much me in the moment because I no really idea about that, didn't know what I just knew that when they turned me over, I knew what that meant because I'd read so much about Ina May that when she they were the like gasket maneuver, yeah, when they were like turn over on all fours, I was like shit he's stuck you know <laughs> like i knew that that's what that meant and there wasn't a moment of like fear that crept in that said like okay like this isn't gonna happen it was like what do we do to make this happen all right fine i'm gonna turn over she said turn over let's do it and then you know which is fine um and he came out and um he was great but i um am now gonna do a hospital birth but i'm also excited about embracing that well, how did you plan for it i mean it's it's imminent it's gonna happen very soon it's very soon so i assume Sweet your planning probably. is done <laughs> how did i plan for the hospital birth? yeah i mean how does it p- differ from how you plan for your home birth it's so different it was it's been so crazy because i've i realized that i was like wow i'm really behind like i haven't thought about a birth plan or <laughs> anything you know it's like what do i need and i was just talking to um a doula friend of mine and i was like okay I had to pack a hospital bag. Like I didn't do this last time, you know, and, and during labor I was drinking chicken broth and, you know, all these things where we were listening to African drum music. I was like, what do we do? And so <laughs> I started, um, you know, putting together this like hospital bag with PJs and like all these little things. <laughs> and it's also kind of exciting. I see it there in the chair every day and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I'm going to grab and go with. And <laughs> truthfully, there really isn't a plan. Like my plan is, is that I'm going to call, you know, you and my friends and be like, okay, this is happening. Here's go time. I'm going to either go to the hospital or go to a hotel nearby, depending on what time of day it is, because I live kind of far from the hospital that I'm going to. You have an amazing OB. Huh? You have an amazing obstetrician. And he's amazing. Which is very helpful. So excited about him. And I think the only thing so far which this is nothing, but in my pregnancy that I was like, okay, I'm having a really wonderful pregnancy and I'm feeling very positive. You know, I'm excited about having a girl. It was a rough year with losing my dad. And I was like, you know, preparing for it. And then something happens where you're like, you know, I found out that I have group, you know, groupie strep positive. So I'm going to have to do antibiotics when I'm in labor. Well, let's talk about what that is. For okay. A sec. Okay. Please, First of all, I think you got it. it because you're so positive. Probably. Um, <laughs> so we have so many positives. Yeah. Like, I have a chance to be positive. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, uh, groupie strep, you, you, there's different kinds of bacteria in the body. One of them is called a uh, group B streptococcus. And a lot of adults have it. And um, it's not harmful to us. We have it in our digestive tract primarily. But uh, it can sometimes colonize vaginally. And if you have a vaginal colony of group B strep, then when the baby comes through, they can be exposed to that. And if they are exposed to that, they may get an infection. If they have an infection, there could be uh, serious consequences for that. So we swab at 36, 37 weeks. Yep. And uh, and check. We culture it and check. And if you're positive, then to make sure that series of events doesn't take place, you get IV antibiotics during your birth. So you were hoping to not have it. Does that mean you can't go to a hotel? That they want you to come in no, much earlier? No, actually, my OB was like, he called me about it today because he gave me another chance to test again. <laughs> and I did like every natural remedy under the sun. And I swear if I had had a couple more days, I could have knocked it out completely. What kind of remedies? 
Um, I was doing, I was soaking organic tampons in uh, this Greek yogurt and putting them inside of me all night long. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, flavored, I was, what? Fla- flavored yogurt? Stra- Strauss family yogurt. Flavored? <laughs> plain, <laughs> plain. Just plain vanilla? Plain. plain. Oh, oh, not even vanilla, no just plain. No sugar. Sugar is not good for that. Gluten free. Uh, Gluten free. Um, Garlic cloves. I was mincing them and swallowing them with water. And I was also putting them up inside of me for the evening. Um, I was with the yogurt. Like, no, well, I switched out. So I would do like yogurt one night, a garlic clove the next, or I do garlic clove during a nap and then like yogurt at night. Um, I do yogurt up there during a shower and let it sort of drip out. Um, that sounds gross. Awesome. It's true. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, then I would do kimchi, sauerkraut, kombucha. Eating it. Eating it okay, during I'm the just, day, not putting it. Okay, yet. just making sure. Kombucha douche. Kombucha. No, but speaking of which, I would sit on a sitz bath of tea tree oil, apple cider vinegar, um, Epsom salts, and um, like emu oil or sesame oil or whatever it was that was the best. Um, so your doctor said if you were able to get rid of that colony, yeah. no antibiotics. And I did knock it down. He said it was literally so much less than what it was the first time that I probably, if I would have had more time, he would have, I would have been fine. But yeah. it was also like such a, you know, challenge and, and interesting thing to learn all about. And also something that I was like, oh, I wasn't positive last time. I won't be positive this time. I'm not even thinking about it. And then all of a sudden I was, and I was really disappointed the day I found out. I was super pumped. And I was like, no, I don't want to pump my body full of antibiotics and have antibiotics, you know, pumped through my kid. And I thought like, you know, maybe this would, the last time when I gave birth to Wyatt, he was great. But two days later he had a fever and Mm -hmm. we had to give him a bunch of antibiotics. And that totally bummed me out too, you know? And so it was like building back his gut bacteria and, you know, everything that he'd gotten through the birth process. And so immediately it was like the next day I was like, okay, I'm on it. It's fine. If this happens, I'm going to be okay with it. But it was interesting because that was probably the one thing that I hadn't thought about. And then it was sort of like, okay, well, this is, here it is. There is something. Maybe, maybe you can retest in a week if she another week. In there. I think you're having the baby before that. <laughs> yes, no, I. And if the baby comes through, because my wife was GBS positive with our third, yeah. and uh, the baby came so fast, there was no time for antibiotics. <laughs> wow. So, and they well. don't care if the baby moves through that quickly. The, you know, the yeah, risk I mean, that's is, what he said too. But yeah. he, but so he did say. Um, come to the hospital when you're like three, when it's like three minutes apart and really strong contractions. He's like, unless your water breaks, if your water breaks, you got to come sooner just so we can get some antibiotics in you. But otherwise, like, let it be big, strong. So are you taking the whole team to the hotel? <laughs> I don't know. And then to the hospital? Is it, I mean, are we? You will be following me wherever uh, I go. I will follow you wherever you go. Um, I'm just wondering how many people are. Or in the parade. The, the Sofitel's got to be hip to this birth plan by now. Like, I've had so many clients that labor at the Sofitel and then walk across. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> I've mean, got to be like, oh, my God, I'm another sure. pregnant woman. I'm sure. Yeah, when you walk in with that grimace and leaking amniotic fluid, it's kind of obvious. <laughs> it's kind I mean. of obvious. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not worried about it. It's just going to go with the flow. Ride. Yeah. And also, like, it could end up just being... You know, me, Eric, my doula may not even make it because she's out of town until after. And there's another doula that's a backup, but she has multiple births. And I have you who's also a doula and you're going to be there. And my son has been watching. He's almost three. But Is I've he going to be there? Yeah. I've been oh, showing good. him all these birth videos and he's so 
excited and he was telling Dr. Goldberg about them, about the birth videos. You know, he was like talking about, I go, so what happens when a woman's in labor? And he goes, ugh. <laughs> you know, like and then I go, and then what else happens? And he goes, <clears throat> and then the baby comes out of her vagina and then the doctor wipes the blood off and everything's okay. You know? and it's like, he was like obsessed with the fact that the baby had blood all over its oh back. Oh my God. Oh my God. And so... Anyway, so, I mean, if he's comfortable with me while I'm in labor, then I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be there. He I'd will be pure today. comic relief. He's so funny. He really will. He's be really so mad. funny. Yeah. yeah. So fun I'm planning a party as well. You are? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, that's great. All right. So what's what's your plan? You have a little, a little more time, but not a lot. Yeah, I have, I think, four more months. Um well, my plan, we bought a house in Adelaide, South Australia. So we were always going to have Christmas in Adelaide. So then when I found out I was due at the end of November, early December-ish, uh, I was like, well, why don't we just have the baby in Australia and we can birth there. And there's this great system in Australia. It's a midwifery program. So you don't have a doctor, you have a midwife and this whole floor of a hospital is just purely midwives. No doctors come onto the floor. So I can still have a midwife-led birth, um, but I can also birth in the water. Every room has these massive birthing pools. So I'm excited about that, the idea of birthing in a hospital setting and then like having a midwife and being able to potentially have a water birth, which would be such a dream. Of well, they have water birth at the hospital. With at the, the hospital. Yeah. And I, I don't know if they offer that here. You would know. Mm, not really. Not. No, you can labor in the, in the tubs and they're not very comfortable tubs, but you're um, not allowed to birth in them. Right. In Los Angeles, there mm-hmm. are several cities where they have great hospital birthing centers with yeah. tubs and midwives. Yeah. And I had an issue with my placenta straight after the birth, which I would have had to have transferred after I had given birth at home if I had had a home birth. Was it not coming out? It just didn't come out. It got ripped out. It basically got ripped out. Everything inside you wants to stay. Yeah, it's like, I'm staying. Yeah, Yeah, it came out like in pieces. There were holes in my placenta. Oh, wow. Um, So I was told, I don't know, maybe you would know more about this, but I was told that there is a higher percentage that that could happen could happen again. It could happen again, sure. So that's also another reason why I decided on the hospital birth. Okay. But now you said you might not be in Adelaide. Well, I just found out my husband might be getting a show. Wow. Um, and if that happens, that shoots uh, over this side of the world. Uh-huh. So I would just, I would do it here. I have the same OB as Sarah. Oh, wonderful. So again, <laughs> like the same so group of people. Same team. You can come. Yeah, you'll be, be there. Happy to. It'll be great. Bodie will be there. Oh, It'll yeah. be perfect. It'll just be, yeah. Thank you for joining us on the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. That concludes part two of the Zen Mamas. For notes, links, and pics from today's podcast, visit informedpregnancy.com. Your questions and comments are always welcome via email at info at informedpregnancy.com. I got a whole lot of questions for you This kid's gonna test my will I got a lot to learn and my baby's too <laughs> This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike 
Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.